Hello, I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and you come to me for hard facts. The world keeps turning, and you're trying to keep up. The fight against coronavirus has been But there's so much noise drowning out the news. Talking heads, broadcast messages, press releases, they're telling you their side, but you just want the facts. And that's why you come to me. I give you the statistics without spin. Out of 116 million working age Nigerians, 35.5 million are employed full-time. That's 30%. I give you the context. I give you the history. I fight fake news with facts. Kayo Day. Let me talk. No. I will let you talk. Kayo Day. Kayo Day. I will let you talk if you let me talk. Kayo Day. That's why more and more Legosians are tuning in. Half a million Legosians. 720,000. 970,000. Over 1 million Legosians. They know that if you give me your afternoon, I will give you hard facts. I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. Hello, Lagos. Good afternoon. I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. First hard fact of the day, Osinachi is dead and her husband is in custody. Osinachi was one of Nigeria's most popular gospel singers, loved her song, Ekweme. She died on Friday. At first, we were hearing reports that she died of cancer. But then people close to her started accusing her husband of killing her. They also alleged that he had physically abused her for years. Now, the punch is quoting a police source as saying that the husband, Peter Nwachuku, has been arrested. Throughout this week, we're going to be discussing this story as more details unfold. So tune in tomorrow, 4 p.m. on Community You Report. You and I will have a conversation. But if you want to talk about it to me right now, feel free to do that. Here's what I will say, though. And if you're a mother, I need you to listen to me. I need you to listen to me attentively. I'm talking to moms now because mothers are guiltier of this than fathers are. So if you're a mother, draw your ear for me. Drag it. Don't igaka. If you're a mother, drag your ear for me and listen to me. Who you marry is more important than when you marry. Who you marry is more important than when you marry. You need to say that to yourself. You need to write that right now in those WhatsApp groups you belong to. You need to say that to the uh, poorly educated uncles and aunties and mothers in the different villages. Who you marry is more important than when you marry. I have read several reports about this man uh, and uh, Osinachi. Some of them including that he once asked... um, you know, his his children to um, tie her up and he flogged her with a cane. So many reports. The allegations are doing my head in. So I will say it again for the mothers at the back who did not hear me very well. Turn your radio up so that you can hear what I'm saying. Draw your ear and repeat after me. Who you marry is more important than when you marry. 
So if you have a child who is taking her time, leave her alone. Stop with the pressure. Because the pressure makes a lot of people, men and women alike, ignore the signs. Because sometimes the signs are there even before you marry. Because you're pressuring them, oh, I want to so actually be with my friends. I want to be mother of the day. I want to dance with the bride and the groom and the guinea and the that. They get into situations where we begin to type on the internet, rest in peace. I quite liked a woman who called in earlier on, on on the station today. And she said, I would prefer to trend while I'm alive as someone who left an abusive marriage than to trend as a dead person. And I won't even see all the things that people are writing about me because I'm dead. And all they can write is rest in peace. And why didn't she leave? So as a mother, if you have allowed yourself to believe that who you marry is more important than when you marry, also allow yourself to believe that you are a sucker for when your child, who is in an abusive marriage, decides to leave. It's not easy to leave. I have a, I have a few friends who I have tried and tried and tried to get them away from their abusive husbands. And I will tell you for free, it is not easy for them to leave. They're thinking about so many things. They're balancing so many things. But those of them who make up their mind and leave, you have to train yourself as a mother to ignore all the idiots who will say all kinds of idiotic things and be a sucker for your child. You cannot say, oh no, once you have left your father's house, you have left your father's house. Uh-uh. That child continues to be your child until the day she dies. So if her husband's house is not good enough anymore, bring her home. When she comes home to you, keep her in your house. Now your picking be that. Otherwise, if you send her back there and she goes back there and she dies, do not cry on her funeral day because you're a hypocrite and a wicked parent. You did not keep her in your home when she returned to you. If you're a pastor or you're a counselor and a woman comes to you and says to you, my husband is beating me and you tell her, oh, pray. And she prays the first time. You tell her again, pray. She prays the second time. Why not tell her to go home now? Give her money now. Get a house for her somewhere. You can afford it now, pastor. You can afford it. Get her a small room somewhere. Give her small money if she's not working. Save her life. Now, of course, this is working on the assumption that she doesn't die after the first beating or the second. So if by God's grace, she makes it through the first and the second, when she comes to you in the third time, when she calls you in the middle of her, the night that her husband is killing her, pastor, if you can drive down to her house, drive down to her house, pick her up, take her somewhere, you can afford it. The offering that is collected for the ministry is supposed to nourish the ministry. Part of nourishing the ministry is providing succor for members of your flock that suffer. 
don't tell her to stay there and carry her cross. Don't tell her to stay there and suffer because you have suffered and died in the Lord. No, uh-uh-uh. Jesus came and said, our suffering is done. As a Christian, your suffering is over because Christ has carried that burden. And Christ cared more about the human being than he cared about the institution. Go and read your Bible for yourself. He cared more about you than he cared about the institution. It doesn't matter what the institution is, the church, marriage. He cared more about you. And I will tell you that Christ's plan for you is to not suffer and die. <laughs> That's not Christ's plan for you. Like I said, we'll talk about this all week, but I just needed to get that off my chest. Again, to the mothers who are listening to me, who you marry is more important than when you marry. If you're a father and you're one of those that bothers your kids about, oh, you're, you're single, you're single. Again, follow the mothers and repeat after me. Who you marry. That's right. Exactly. It's in all our hands. It's in all our hands. And enough of that, oh, let's settle it in the family. If a man is abusive, report him to the police. Assault is a crime. If you're a police officer and they report assault to your police station, do something other than saying it's a family affair. Allow them to settle it in the family. It is not a family affair. It's assault. It could lead to manslaughter. It could lead to murder. You are preventing a crime, an even bigger crime. Do your job as a police officer. If you're a family elder, in the olden days, if a man beat his wife, Omwada will gather and beat up that man. They will sit on him. So if you're a family elder, your job is not to say, oh, you know, just try and do something better. Women are carrying so much. Oh my God, women are carrying so much. All the religious leaders are doing event after event, telling women how to be better wives. How many events are you doing for men, teaching them how to be better husbands? How many events are you doing for men, teaching them how to be better men? Always you're teaching women, be better this, be better that. Every time you're leaving the men to just get away with all kinds of nonsense... The women have to be the bigger ones. The women have to be the humble ones. The women have to be the uh, caretakers. They have to be the nourishers. The men just have to exist. I had to get that rant off my chest. One million Lagosians cannot be wrong. Thanks for tuning in to Hard Facts. I have a great one for you today, starting with the big weekend. Let's talk about Vice President Oshimbajo uh, finally declaring for the presidency. Then let's talk about Transport Minister Amechi declaring for the presidency. And then let's talk about the PDP appealing the judgment against Section 84 of the Electoral Act. On Checkpoint, let's talk about police welfare. We heard the IG of police respond to an alleged attempt by some police officers to organize a strike. He said it would be considered mutiny 
So today on Checkpoint, I'm asking about police welfare. I'm asking whether the current mechanisms are good enough for police officers to raise their issues. If you're a police officer, please, I want to hear from you anonymously if you want, or you can say your name if you want, on air 4 p.m. today. I'm asking if you think that things are fine as they are, or if you think they should be improved. And then on today's big hard fact... Let's talk about holding elected officials accountable. Last week, a woman called me and said, Sandra, you need to make this a topic. And I said, okay, I will. And today I have. Elections are less than a year away. In one year and 48 days, we will swear in a new president and a new national assembly, new governors, new state assembly people. So I want to talk about what you think Nigerians should do differently. To make sure that the new guys coming in will keep their promises to you who elected them. As usual, we'll have news updates at the top of every hour. On the hour. But let's get started with today's big weekend. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili Lagos. These are your hard facts. The big, the big weekend. Continuity a plus or a minus for an Oshimbajo candidacy. Uh, Amechi's 23 straight years in public service, a plus or a minus for his candidacy. Should political appointees resign before contesting in primaries? It was a big weekend, Lagos. Let's talk. Now, if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm about to play a video for you. A video I'm sure that you have seen for yourself uh, on Facebook, on the morning show with Sheriff. But I'd like you to see it again, or parts of it at least. Vice President Yemio Shimbajo will seek the APC's nomination for the presidency. We heard this from Oshimbajo himself in a recorded video today. Nigerians, for the past seven years, I have served as vice president under a true Nigerian patriot, a servant of the nation in war and peace, and a man of integrity, President Muhammad Buhari. We have, together, worked through some of the most difficult times in the history of our nation, but we have remained focused on securing the country on providing infrastructure and growing our economy. As stipulated by the Nigerian Constitution, our tenure will end next year. In this period of seven years, I have served the government in several capacities, and I have, at the direction of Mr. President, represented our country in sensitive, high-level international engagements. I've been to practically all local governments in Nigeria, I've been in markets, in factories, in schools, and farms. I've been in agricultural, mining, and oil-producing communities, in the Delta, in Kebi, in Enugu, in Bonn, in rivers, in Plateau, and Undo, and in all other states of the Federation. Listening to the diverse experiences and yearnings of our people, I've visited our gallant troops in the Northeast and our brothers and sisters in the IDP camps. 
have felt the pain and anguish of victims in violent conflicts, terrorist attacks, flooding, fire, and other disasters. I've been in the homes of many ordinary Nigerians in various parts of the country. I have sat with our techpreneurs in Lagos, Edo, and Kaduna, with our Nollywood and Kaniwood actors, with our musicians from Lagos, Onisha, and Kano, and I've spoken to small and large businesses. I stood where they stood, and I sat where they sat. I know their hopes and aspirations and their fears. And I believe that in those hopes and aspirations are the seeds for the great Nigeria that we all desire. I believe that the very reason why the Almighty God gave me these experiences, these insights, and these opportunities is that they must be put to the use of our country and its great peoples. Which is why I am today, with utmost humility, formally declaring my intention to run for the office of the President of the Federal Republic of Nigeria on the platform of our great party, the All Progressives Congress. All right, so Shimbajo is making a few points which we should unpack. That's a six minutes long video and you can uh, watch the rest of it on our Facebook. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. But in that video, in that declaration uh, video, he says that continuity is important. He said, we must complete what we started. Specifically, he's saying that he will continue Buhari's work in security reform, justice reform, transforming the business environment, social welfare improvement, getting all Nigerian children back into school and job creation. Now, continuity is a very specific thing. Oshimba Joy is saying that the current administration is doing well on all these counts and that he will continue that good work. I want you to tell me if you agree that the current administration has done well in these areas. Which of these areas do you believe the administration has done well and you would want Oshimbajo to continue the same work. And which of these areas do you believe the current administration has not done well and in which continuity would be a bad thing? The second point Oshimbajo seems to be making for himself is that the last seven years have given him a very intimate knowledge of Nigeria and a deep understanding of Nigeria's problems. He says that he has visited every state and uh, so many local governments and he has met with so many different stakeholders and that this gives him a very solid grasp of things. So what I want to know now is do you agree with his assessment of himself? Do you agree that all these tours and visits that he has done are a useful way to help a politician understand the country he wants to govern? And now let's come to the politics. Yemi Oshimbajo is from Lagos. He served as Attorney General of Lagos when Bola Ahmed Tinubu was governor. In many ways, he's been called a follower of Tinubu. But now it seems that both of them are going for the same seat. Tinubu uh, 
hasn't declared, but he has told us that uh, he told the president that he has the uh, ambition. So what do you think, Lagos, about Oshimbajo and Tinubu vying for the same ticket? You heard Tinubu say he doesn't have a son that is old enough to do what Oshimbajo has done. I wonder what that comment means. Men, call me on 0700-993-993-993. We're not going to talk about Osinachi today. We're going to talk about it tomorrow, 4 p.m. Join me on the show. 4 p.m. tomorrow, we'll talk about it on Community U Report. Today, let's talk about politics. 0700-993-993-993 for men. For women, 01465-7190. Hello, thanks for calling us. Sandra, I greet you. I greet you too. Welcome. Yeah, my name is Kelvin. Hi, Kelvin. <laughs> yes, Sandra. Hmm. Um, our constitution is a very dicey one that I don't really understand. Okay. It does not really give the vice president a definite power. The constitution states clearly that um, the, pres- the vice president acts on the instructions of the president. Hmm. And that is it. Um, in 51 days, after the president left for medical trip, hmm. this man has done some certain things that, you know, dared me to him. He, when he was told about the starvation in the Northeast, he quickly, you know, responded to it and made sure that starvation did not kill our people there. Even when this place was attacked by the Haramists, he went there himself. He visited the place to make sure that things was in place. I remember vividly when he made an unannounced visit to the airport. As he got there, the airport was in a mess. Before you know it, 10 directors of the NCAA were fired. How can we also forget what he did to the former DSS director that invaded the National Assembly? You see, the man is proactive. And when people are telling me that he's part of this government, yes, it's true, he's part of this government. Mm. But my sister, you know, everybody has his own baggage. Even the P2B and some other people we have mentioned, mm. they have the only two baggages also. Mm. But you cannot discontinue all that because of that. So for me, the vice president has declared, and that's what that continuity is saying. Mm. People should please understand it is political. What do you expect him to say? Okay. So come and tell you that the president is not performing. Now, so, I, have, um, I have a question. So you are right that the vice president's powers are limited, but the <laughs> vice president has been in charge of ease of doing business for the last seven years. So apart from the 51 days that uh, he was in charge, he has, he has been in charge for the last seven years uh, of ease of doing business. Has ease of doing business improved, worsened, or stayed the same, in your opinion? Unfortunately, it has not improved. And that has also to do with this entire economic management team. And please, it is not also entirely on him. There is also the issue of our direct, um, what is it called? I don't, the word was skipping my mind now. Mm. But what I'm trying to say in mm. general is that it has been a, a teamwork that has not worked for us okay. as a country. Okay. But the vice president is in charge of the economic team. Okay. Yes, that is also to be put on him. Okay. But that does not take away the qualities that the gentleman has. And that is why, for me, mm. I am very, very impressed that finally 
All right, Kevin, thanks for calling. Uh, also, apart from, um, you know, the uh, ease of doing business, uh, the vice president has been in charge of putting together and implementing the National Livestock uh, Transformation Program. I also want to know um, your assessment of this. But we'll take a break. When we come back from this break, we'll take your calls, Lagos. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I'm Sandra Ezekwasili. This is the big weekend. A lot happened over the weekend. We're talking about it right here on your number one talk station. You are listening to your number one station for talk. Your number one station for talk. 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's talk. Shimbajo isn't the only member of the executive who wants to be president, uh, by the way. This weekend, Transport Minister Rotimiya Michi also threw his hat in the ring. I did not come to this decision lightly. I have served our nation for the last seven years as Minister of Transportation. For eight years before that, I served as governor of River State. In the preceding eight years before that, I was speaker of the River State House of Assembly. Within this period, I've also served as the director general of President Buare campaign organization twice. These 23 years of service have equipped me not only with great experience in governance, and public service, but also compassion for the ordinary citizens of our dear country. After more than two decades in the public arena, I had wanted to go on holiday and spend more time with my family before charting a new course outside politics. But at 56, but I'm 56 years old, and a member of the generation born after independence who has seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of Nigeria. I'm compelled by the urgency of our present challenges to place my experience and proving capacity at the service of the nation at the highest level. Those who know me, can testify that I have always been a straight talker. This straight has not always made me popular, but I speak with truth, I speak the truth with conviction. So allow me to speak the truth here today. We are facing some very serious challenges as a country. These are problems of insecurity, challenges of greater accountability in governance, youth unemployment, and the scourge of spiral poverty. These problems are, however, not the exclusive preserve of Nigeria. We live in a troubled world. The reality, we used to know, has altered in nearly every nation. Climate change has brought about food scarcity in some places. Population explosion has produced unusual pressure on resources and supplies. Poverty has become a challenge all over the world, especially in the developing world. The COVID crisis has placed unanticipated burdens on the budget of nations and put pressure on available resources. 
trans-border crises have erupted in unusual places and placed the internal security of many nations under pressure. We are part of the Sahel, an area of the world that is subject to frequent terrorist attacks. Let us look at our current challenges as part and consequences of these global trends. I admit that Nigeria's problem did not begin today and they will not be solved overnight. But they are not beyond the capacity of our people to solve. Fortunately, that process has already started. Rojimi Amechi speaking there. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is Amechi's track record. He just painted us a picture, right? For the last seven years, he's been Minister for Transport. For the eight years before that, he was Governor of River State. For the eight years before that, he was Speaker of the River State House of Assembly. And Amechi is suggesting that these 23 years in government make him well-suited to be President. His supporters, of course, agree. They say that his 15 years, 16 actually, in the executive as governor and minister are good experience for being the chief executive of the federal government. They also believe that his eight years in the legislature will give him the insights needed to work with the National Assembly to get his budgets and his legislative agenda to pass. And those who's, who oppose his candidacy say that uh, this is all just on paper. They say that anyone who has spent the last two decades in government has no business being president. According to them, Nigerian governance at federal, state and local levels has been so poor that anyone involved in it must be considered incompetent. That's what those who oppose his candidacy say. But you have those who disagree with both opinions and uh, say that you cannot make a blanket acceptance or a blanket condemnation. You have to judge Amechi by what he accomplished in all those posts. And that brings up the question of the railways. Amechi is, of course, the transport minister, which means he's responsible for the railways. And right now, there are over a hundred Nigerians being held hostage after being kidnapped while riding the Abuja Kaduna train. Now, of course, some people argue that the fact that the trains keep getting attacked is a stain on Amechi's uh, record. His supporters will tell you, though, that you cannot hold Amechi responsible for security. Amechi is not the chief security officer of the country. That's what the IGP and the service chiefs are for. But his critics point out that Amechi was the one meant to set up early warning security systems on the railway line. Now, Amechi says that the Federal Executive Council frustrated him, but we saw leaked minutes last week from the Federal Executive Council meeting appearing to show that the Federal Executive Council was not satisfied with his due diligence on the contract and asked for updates, which he never gave. But there's another question to be asked. Do you think that it was insensitive for Amechi to declare his presidential ambition with such celebration 
while over a hundred Nigerians abducted from a train are still being held hostage. Now, I want to take you to the declaration itself. There was a lot of fanfare, as I said. Amichi capped it off by jogging around the Adokie Amesiamaka Stadium as a proof of his fitness to be president. question my final question for you is how important is physical fitness for you in a presidential candidate lagos talk to me on 01465-7190 if you're a woman 01465-7190 if you're a woman if you're a man call me on 0700 993-993 and yes, you can talk about the vice president's declaration as well. What do you think? 99.3, hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. What's your name? Good, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Joy. Hi, Joy. <laughs> oh, Sandra, mm? oh, I'd like to see you again, though, in the <laughs> press jam. Okay. So I have my ticket already. Yay, we'll be there. <laughs> so, um, uh, Sandra, Osiba right. Joy is standing on the wrong protocol. Um, for him to say um, he's going to continue from where you know they started. What did they ask? What did they do? He was. I like the question you threw to the first caller, and because he doesn't have a direct answer, he was stuttering. So that means so you don't have really what you want to say. You start to stutter. Now this man is the one heading um, the economic team. Look at what is happening. Look at where they have taken us to. Look at the dollar rate. Look at the import duty. Look at what business. You need to just ask business people. Go ask them. Not people calling in, go align. Go ask business people what are they passing through because I communicate with these people almost every day. Right. They are really suffering. Getting forex, people, things are just so high. And you go share money in the market that you can't even account for. No data to say these are the people I have given money to. And this is somebody who is coming. And good enough, you are a professor. And you are now coming out to say you want to become a president. I have no issue with Osibacho, but the things I have seen him do really is really telling me that does he really understand that this is how somebody who is really um, intelligent should behave when you are asked to do something like this. I beg to differ because if you really say that people in, in a, that uh, you are a VP and your hands are tied, please you need to at least resign. Be the first of its kind. That's to show, yes, you are an upright man. You really want something good for the country. But if you're still with them and saying, yes, you need to be with them to understand where, so you'll be able to, you know, uh, have your, 
you are actually killing your dream, your your political dream. And for Amechi, I don't want to talk about him because that's a waste of my airtime. He's not going to make it through the primary. So it's just they are just all coming out to do what it is. The people for APC is Osibaju and Tinubu. These are the two people that are going to you know have a very big log ahead. I'm just sitting and watching. But Osibaju, no, no, he has wrong protocol. He is standing on. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. She says wrong protocol. He's standing on. Ah, King, hi. Welcome. I'm fine. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Sandra. Good afternoon. Welcome. Yeah, so thank you. And uh, let me talk about Oshima first. For Oshima just to say that he's going to continue with the, with the policy and the legacy of uh, his post. I think he, he started on a very wrong footing. And he's starting on a very wrong note. It, it would have been better if he has not made mention of all these things that he will continue. Okay, he wants to continue with the suffering we are going through. The level of insecurity we are witnessing now. The high rate of the judge, as the previous scholar has said. Or is he going to continue with the bad education that that is that is being given to our children? What is he continuing with? It means they cannot, they, they have nothing new that is bringing to the, he has nothing new that is bringing to the table. So, yeah, he started on a very wrong footing. As for Rotimi Amechi, he has failed to mention one important thing that has bedeviled our country, which is monumental corruption. How is he going to address this? Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. 99.3, hello. Hi, Sandra. How are you? What's your name? My name is Oni. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Oni. What do you think? Yeah, um, for me, I, I think Nigerians should uh, give uh, Professor Shibanjo chance. Okay. Why do I say so? Mm. Um, I, I heard you pointed out um, some of the things he headed, right? Right. But he, he's, um, I, I feel he's incapacitated, the way I look at it. Okay. Now, he, he's supposed to be a ceremonial head. Everything he has executed under this administration is being masterminded by his boss. So you can't go beyond what the boss wants you to do and the cabal in quotes. Now, for um, Amechi, I have a problem with him. He has, uh, I think, 19 years. He mentioned how many years he served um, total, as both governor, total 23 um, years, speaker, yes. and all that. For him to say um, that Nigeria is experiencing um, secu- insecurity because of the current insecurity in the world means he doesn't have... Um, the solution to solve the insecurity in Nigeria. So for him, for me, mm. is a no-no. Okay. I'm rooting for Sibanjo or Pito B. Period. Okay. All right. Thanks very much for calling. We've got uh, Obioma joining us from the U.S. Obioma, what do you think? Hey, Sandra. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. San- Sandra, before now, I was of the opinion that uh, Yemi Sibanjo should. Uh, retire you know, to save his person, but his declaration have quite shown me that uh, he's in support of whatever the government is doing and he knows about it. You know, like the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, they might speak. So we now know he is for it. It's quite unfortunate that most of us here outside we can vote, we can do nothing about it. So it's up to Nigerians. If you guys want to continue on this path, because that's what he just told us, that he's going to continue from where they stop, and their government was a government of integrity. So it's up to Nigeria's good luck to you people. <laughs> As for Amechi and uh, 
I like. Mm. I only use an IBB word some time ago. He said he don't know who is going to be president of Nigeria, but he certainly know those who cannot be. I so think if I'm you okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I'm much is of no, you know, we don't need to waste our time on that. Okay. Um, there's this uh, Peter Obi this thing on the talking to the uh, board of trustees of PDP the other day. He told them. Look, there's nothing on the cookie jar. There's nothing. It's empty. The time for dipping hand and taking things are gone. If you people make this mistake once again, most of you is going to be refugee outside Nigeria. And when you became refugee, you cannot wash pot. You cannot you can, cannot work in a restaurant because you're old. Nigeria at this point needs someone who will look at the people at their face and tell them the truth and tell them it is over. Embezzlement time is over. Playing politics is over. We need to fix this country, though it's going to take a long time because you have to change all the political posts. No, not only president, you need people to work with. You need the House of Assembly. You need the parastatals to work for you to achieve anything. So it's going to be a tough one. And Nigeria needs a tough person at this point in time to make a difference. All if right. you make that mis- this mistake again, it's going to take Nigeria backwards to 50 years. Mm. Thank you so much. Peter B, thank you very much. Um, let's say Peter B. <laughs> Obiama Odo, thank you so much for joining us uh, from the US. Uh, I want to stay on that, on the comment about PDP for a bit uh, because um, the appeal court says that PDP can challenge the uh, judgment against the political appointee clause. A high court said that uh, that part of the Electoral Act, which stops appointees from contesting primaries without resigning, is illegal. I'm sure you know that by now. But now the PDP has approached the appeal court, hoping to preserve that clause. And the appeal court has said that they will hear the appeal. PDP was not a party to the original suit, so they needed special permission to appeal. Remember that only the respondent uh, in the original suit, the only uh, respondent in the original suit um, was the Attorney General of the Federation, Abu Bakr Malami. And Malami declined to challenge the suit. He instead even agreed with the plaintiff, which led to the High Court ruling in the plaintiff's favor. But now PDP will appeal. And the appeal court has warned all other parties not to take any steps to frustrate PDP's appeal. So it looks like, it looks like this um, this issue of whether or not political appointees should resign before contesting primaries is still alive. And this is not an academic uh, issue. In the previous story, we talked about Rotimi Amechi, who is a political appointee, a serving minister. He just declared for president. So imagine a scenario <laughs> where Amechi contests the APC primary without resigning based on the high court ruling. And then after he wins the primary, appeal court rules that the clause is uh, legal, meaning that Amechi was not even eligible to contest. Anyway, the courts will decide. I want to know your position. Do you think that ministers, commissioners and other political appointees should be required to resign before contesting primaries? I wonder if this is a debate topic. When I go home, I'll think about both sides of the argument and I'll see if I'll make it a debate topic for our tournament in May. But what do you think? Do you agree with the appeal court letting the PDP appeal this judgment? 
0465-7190 for women. 0700-993-993-993 for men. Hello, thanks for calling. Hello, Sandra. How are you? Hi, how Alex are you? Here. Alex, welcome. Yeah, um, Sandra. Oshimajo mm? is the chairman of the FCC. Yes. If I were to hire a, a new MD for this, your company where you work, Sandra, mm. I don't need you to first be the MD for me to be looking to employ you to be the MD. Oh, thank you. I'll rate you. Yes, I'll rate you from where you are right now. Okay. On what you are doing with them, you know, this debate, I beg to differ and all this, your hard, hard facts and all those, right? Okay. Good. So I've heard people say things like, oh, he's the vice president, he's a ceremonial, he's a this and that. Look, for the chairman of the FEC, this man has been the, the, in the driver's seat of our economic policies in the last seven years. It's been, it's been terrible. You know, hmm. that's why, honestly, it's been terrible. General Buhari, General Buhari who took over, who, who, who overthrew a, a, a civilian government hmm. several years ago. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you, Senator, that this country was not anywhere as bad, close to as, as bad as what we have now. When he felt, he and Diabo felt that they needed to unseat a democratically elected government. Do you understand? Okay. How bad do we want things to be for us to be able to look this people in the eye and say that they are doing a bad job? People are talking, you're defending his, his person so much. Who, who do you imagine would be his ministers? Do you know the same laptops that we have? Who would be his ministers, Sandra? Do you know the same from this same APC? Somebody is boasting about 23 years of experience in Nigeria. That is actually the problem. It's that style of governance that has led us to where we are. And there's nothing else that we can bring that will be different from the same style of governance. You understand? Mm. You talk about justice reform. We justice reform. If, look, let me tell you some, something, Sandra. Mm. If we do not separate the Office of the Minister of Justice and the AGM, the AGF, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot talk about justice reform in Nigeria. That's, that's even the beginning of the justice reform. Which security reforms? Things have never been so bad. You say you're doing, you're, you said I've, I've been to the schools, I've been to the market. Which market? We all know what you're doing in the market, Sandra. You went to share money. Sandra, point to me, well, I mean, point for me, one country in this whole world where the government, which is entire machinery, goes to the marketplace to share Naira, I mean, share, share currency to the people there. No database, nothing. You're talking about technological hub. Let's not even think about it. Alex, thanks for calling. We've got... Uh uh, Theophilus, who says, if Nigerians are wise, they'll avoid anything APC in 2023 presidential elections. After going through this for eight years, people are still considering APC. Uh, dollar today is almost 600 naira. Fuel is 167. A bag of rice they met at 75 is 39,000. Nigerians are still talking APC. All right, we've got Andy, who says, uh, well, Andy, our number is 0700 993 says, in as much as I dislike APC as a party and as a government, I know your limitations as VP, also the courage and the difference you made when you are uh, when you were given opportunity. Only you and Mr. Pito B deserve my vote for now. And this on individual level, not the crazy parties both of you belong to. 
All right. Uh, thank you for your message. Uh, Christopher says, let him declare, but it's left to Nigerians to vote him into power. Nigerians need someone that will, prob- that will probe the excesses of this government, not someone that will come and cover up the whole mess that the government has achieved. Dabo says, the amendment to Kama is a massive boost to investment climate. That alone shows the vision and purpose. All right. We've got uh, David Aindagbe who says, Oshimbajo said he wants to continue from where Buhari stopped, which means all the problems that we are passing through will continue. <laughs> all right. We've got more people sending us their thoughts via Facebook. Not to worry. I'll take uh, a few more of those thoughts when we come back from this break. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. S. Ezekwesili everywhere. Sandra Ezekwesili. That's my name. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. We are the nation's number one for talk. Don't go away. Welcome back to your number one talk news and sports station. This is Nigeria Info. With just three minutes until we switch gears and talk about police welfare, let me bring you comments from WhatsApp. Solomon from Ikeja says, they don't want to vote for Shimbajo because he did not fire Buhari or resign, but they want to vote for Atiku, who also did not resign under Obasanjo. Or were there no killings during Obasanjo's time? Well, some people will argue that Atiku is the wrong person to use as 